Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello everyone and welcome back to a new episode of Australia's favourite podcast on all things doggy. Yes, it's the doggy pod time and I'm Dr Rob Zammett. And I am Dr Rob's producer Stephen Peters. And in this week's episode, actually this week's episode's a little bit different in as much as for people who aren't in Sydney, you may not know, we're in a bit of a COVID lockdown right now, which is a bit of a bugger, but... Um, you know, we'll always bring you the doggy pod, though. So uh, Dr. Rob's kind of in another room, and I'm in this room, and uh, we'll make it work. So uh, today we're going to be talking about, or Rob's going to be banging on about all things de-sexing, the do's and the don'ts, the why's and the wherefores. We're going to be talking about whether male dogs are more friendly than female dogs, and of course we'll have some um, questions from our listeners. Uh, but as always, how's it been in the uh, clinic this week, Rob? Well, it's been a weird week, of course, because of COVID. We have to do contactless consultations. People have to wait in the car park and nurses have to get the dog and we don't get to see the people and talk to the people. And so it does drive people a little bit insane sometimes. One person, extremely insane, very, very cranky person, all because I wouldn't stitch his dog's foot, as he put it. The dog came in with a dressing on there uh, which had been put on correctly, apparently by another veterinarian who wouldn't stitch the foot either. And the man was cranky as all get up because the pad was cut underneath. And I said, no, you cannot stitch pads. You see, the pad is what's called keratinized tissue. It's like your, your nail. Like you, you can't, if you break a nail off, you can't stitch it on. Same deal with the dog's pad. It's very thick. It's like the sole of a foot. Uh, and it is exactly just that, isn't it, really? It's the sole of his foot. The dog requires that pad to walk and has to be hard. That's what keratinize means. It's hardened tissue. And the pad is very hard tissue. If you try and stitch it together, it just breaks down. It doesn't work. And this man couldn't accept that concept. 
mainly because he wanted to take this dog out to run and do other things other than staying home and resting it while it heals. With a cut pad, the thing to do is put pressure on it so it doesn't bleed, hold it firm, put a dressing on it if you can, get it to a vet who could wash it. I washed it with hydrogen peroxide, 3% hydrogen peroxide. Stings a little bit, but it cleans it all out. Then I dried it. I did put some antiseptic ointment in there. In fact, I like to use eye ointment because it's one of the most, um, if you like, sterile ointments you can get. And then wrapped it up and put a dressing on it. I'm not going to stitch it just because the owner gets cranky at me. I won't do anything to a dog that doesn't benefit the dog. And I knew it wouldn't benefit him. So it's important. And when I did question the man, why are you so angry and so cranky? He said, oh, it's all this COVID is frustrating. But folks, just remember, veterinary surgeons and their staff, well, we're human as well. We get frustrated as well. In fact, right at the moment, there's a shortage of veterinarians and veterinary nurses in this country. Part of it is because of the, I guess, frustration of everything, the the difficulties in performing the job, the frustration of owning dogs and then yourself and having to let them go, putting dogs to sleep. It's all very difficult for your vet as well. And just take a moment to think about that because around Australia, some veterinary clinics are shutting down because of a shortage of vets. So all in all, this dog finally went home with a good dressing on. And yes, the gentleman's accepted that he has to come back every few days and we'll redress it. Eventually, would you believe I'm going to put methylated spirits, alcohol if you like, you know, just surgical spirits, surgical alcohol on this dog because that's what the pad needs. It needs to be hardened up. It will sting a bit, but it will help harden it quickly and get it back to normal so he can walk again on the sole of his foot. Now, I I know that Dr. Rob probably gets asked often about dissexing. Should you dissex your dog or shouldn't you? And a lot of people probably just go with the flow and do, unless they want to breed, of course. But uh, I don't know if it's quite as straightforward as that. I know Rob's talked about it um, in the past to me. Anyway, we thought it might be interesting for for really for anybody who's got a dog, obviously. Um, is, Is there more to it than meets the eye, Rob? Yes, Stephen, that's a very, very commonly asked question, you know, should I dissex my dog? When should I dissex my dogs? What are the pros and cons of both? Well, firstly, if your dog's going to get out all the time and run away and run off, and you obviously don't want that, it's a good idea with male dogs to certainly desex them a little bit earlier. What do I always say? It's good to let the bones mature, of course. That's very important. That requires hormones. So you try and wait till the growth plates have closed before desexing the dog. That's fairly paramount with big dogs, especially, you know, the Great Danes, German Shepherds, Irish Wolfhounds, any of the real big bone dogs, Rottweilers, etc. Allow them to get to 9 to 12 months of age before you consider desexing. It's um, part of allowing them to mature both physically and mentally to some extent. However, I always tell people if the dog is too rambunctious and too driven, you know, especially with sexual urges or too much dominance, just get them desexed straight away. The problem with desexing females early is that you can cause early urinary incontinence. You know, the, the whole urinary tract, the sphincter of the bladder, all those muscles, 
they require hormones to try and help them mature. And if they don't have them, of course, then you can end up with a couple of problems. You know, the vulva and the vagina. If the female dog doesn't have one estrus cycle where you know, they bleed for, th- for two to three weeks and everything there enlarges and swells, if it stays small, if it stays infantile, then when they do go to the toilet as they grow older, it can scald the area and you get vaginal dermatitis. If that occurs, then you have to give them hormones and treatments to try and offset all those problems. And it becomes very problematic in some bitches. They're on hormones all their life. If you desex very early with a female, they don't get mammary tumours. That's true too. But then if they have to have hormone therapy, they can get mammary tumours from the hormone therapy. So that's a catch-22. Generally, I let females have one cycle. And with both males and females, I let them get there early. What is becoming an issue is some breeders will desex very, very early. You know, at six to eight weeks, they have the puppy desexed. And so there are no hormones for bone development. There are no hormones for mental development. There are no hormones for physical development of the reproductive areas, which will ultimately be utilised later on, just, I know, just for urination, etc. But it has to develop for it to be efficient. So what else can you do? Breeders can have a different type of desexing. Males, for example, can have a vasectomy. Now, they still have their testes there, and so they still produce hormones, but they cannot reproduce. Females can have tubal ligation. Tubal ligation, just like in humans, you tie the tubes off, they keep the ovaries, and they keep most of the uterus, and then later on, that can all be taken out and desexed fully once they're fully matured. So there are options for everyone to consider, And you have to talk to your veterinarian to decide what's best in your specific situation for your animal to, do do we go early or not? But consider all the possibilities when you're going to do it. You know, the ideal for me is let them mature and then desex them. But in some circumstances, when the pup's too rambunctious, then do it early. So does that stop aggression if you get in early? Oh, yes, Stephen, it does. It can stop aggression at any time if you've got an, especially in males, if you have an aggressive male that hasn't been desexed, most certainly it can. If he's an older male, it may take six months after desexing for them to calm down. But it often does take away the dominance and the aggression of male dogs, especially. Females, they can become very territorial and aggressive, especially after they have their season because they produce a lot of hormones. So, Equally, they can also benefit from desexing from a behavioural point of view. All righty, now this is another one of those age-old questions, I guess, and that is, are male dogs more aggressive than female dogs? Uh, Or vice versa? Could be the other way around, I don't know. But I know Dr Rob knows. Um, And it might make a difference if you're thinking of buying a dog and you just sort of think, Maybe, maybe not. What do you reckon, Rob? Mate, I'm not going to get into the debate of males and females, which is best, not in humans at least, but um, in dogs, look, there's certainly differences in the personalities between both of them. You know, males tend to be a lot more dominant um, and territorial, and some people say easily distracted, whereas females are more focused. Uh, But males tend to be more one-on-one. They bond to one person, whereas the females tend to bond to the whole family better. Um, Females, some people believe, are easier to house train. Some people even believe that they're even easier to just train. 
It's really difficult to say, and it depends on your own personality. If you're an easygoing and soft person, I'd probably recommend you look at a female dog. If you're a person that can, yep, take hold of the lead and be, you know, the dominant person in the in the organisation, in the whole family, then a male's fine. At the end of the day, when you desex them, it doesn't matter too much. Now, females will become very dominant and territorial, for example, when they have a, an estrus cycle if they're not desexed, and straight after their cycle, a female dog has all the hormones of pregnancy, whether they're mated or not. So they really do uh, become very territorial at that time. A, a male dog can become overtly um, sexual if he's left undesexed and tries to dominate the situation too much. So again, better to think about desexing when that tends to occur. Aggression, of course, in males, we see it more in the undesexed uh, dog. If your dog isn't desexed and he's aggressive, then yeah, first thing you, any vet would always recommend is get him desexed because that may take away the aggression. That certainly will help. That plus, of course, proper training and care. They're all the, the things that are important in considering it. So there's no real rule males are better or females are better. They both have their strong points. As I said, males are more dominant. They tend to be more dominant. They can take hold of the situation a little bit more and become aggressive if you allow them to do that and don't train them. If you're not going to spend a lot of time training a dog, you might be better off thinking about a female who will just settle into things a bit better. But in all cases, at some stage, you really do need to think about desexing. Okay, as you know, you can always go to thedoggypod at gmail.com and uh, we'll answer your questions. Well, I won't. Probably best that way, but uh, Rob will. And um, this week we have... uh, Hi, Rob. Could you please explain the traits of Yorkshire Terriers compared to Scottish and Welsh Highland Terriers? Well, I don't even know what one of those is. I believe they are natural hunters, especially mice and rats. Thank you, Pam. Uh, Rob, over to you for this one. Yeah, Pam, this is a really great question. And Stephen, I do happen to know a little bit about all three breeds. I have friends that own all three of them. Scotties and West Highland Whites tend to be more alike. They are really a sharp, fast little dog. Um, They tend to have the real terrier tendency of having attention deficit disorder at times when they won't listen. Like West Highland Whites, you can train them to do anything as long as they want to do it. If they don't, you can forget it. West Highland Whites can be very um, stubborn at times when you're trying to train them. Scotties too, and both these breeds can be very uh, sharp against other dogs. You know, they'll quickly want to have a biff on if, if another dog comes near them. Yorkie, Yorkies are not like that. Yorkies are still a terrier. You know, they can still get excited, but they will sit in your lap a lot more. I can't imagine Scotties wanting to sit, sit in your lap for too long, and Westies, they're always on the prowl seeing what's on. Both um, the Westie and the Yorkie are real great guard dogs. Yorkies are too. Yorkshire Terriers will bark if there's someone there and alert you if there's a problem, but they tend to enjoy sitting with you a lot more and being a little bit quieter. Very intelligent breed, the Yorkshire Terrier, and very trainable, a breed that can be trained to do just about anything. They uh, retrieve for you. They'll um, come when they're called, if they're trained properly, sit, stay, even sit up. They're very cute little dogs. 
The one thing, of course, with the Yorkshire Terrier is they have that long coat and you'll either have to have it trimmed off very often or keep brushing it to keep it that long, beautiful, silky coat that they tend to have. But I would consider them a, a great little lap dog for someone that's elderly and just wants a dog to, you know, pot around the garden with and enjoy, but also have some time, quiet times in the house. And that does bring us to the end of what is, I I guess, a slightly shorter doggy pod this week, just due to the way we've had to record it. Uh, We appreciate your patience. Um, Hopefully this lockdown won't go for too much longer. Uh, But uh, rest assured, we'll be here each week uh, pushing through. Uh, We hope everybody, uh, particularly in Sydney, are are being safe and and looking after yourselves. Uh, And everybody else, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it. Keep following us on Instagram and Facebook. And another guarantee, of course, is that Dr. Rob always has a few words of wisdom to finish off each show. Over to you, Rob. Right now, it's a stressful time. COVID. Pandemic. But this is the second pandemic I've been through with my dogs. The first one was called parvovirus. And we worked together and clung on and lots of hope. Your dog's there to give you hope and joy. Hang on to them. They'll look after you through all this. Stay safe, everybody. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm-hmm.